ηθική δημοσιογραφία για την αντιμετώπιση της ρητορικής του μίσους. Ετικό νοβιναρστό προτισοβράζνεμου γόβορου. Ελποτέρε δελε παρόρε. Respect for Worten, Respect for Menschen gegen Hassreden. Atisztelethangján szólunk. Riportok, interjúk, tudósítások a gyűlöletbeszéd ellen. Mi becsüljük a másikat. Respect. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio. Más or oco. Erisorok de ethical, equina kainte fuha. Ethical journalism against hate speech. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Hi, and welcome to Respect Words, a series in which we look at the topic of hate speech from every possible angle. This is the sixth programme in the series, and today we'll be discussing integration. I'm Adrienne Murphy, and I'm joined today by Teresa Boschkowska, who is the Integration Team Coordinator with the Immigrant Council of Ireland. Hi, Teresa. Hi, thanks for the invitation. Thank you for coming. Now, firstly, I'd like to talk about the Immigrant Council of Ireland and the campaigns that they run and what you actually do. Okay, so we are a national organization that is working for the protections of the rights of migrants and their families in Ireland, and we're working on different levels. So we are a service provider. We provide information and advice to people on immigration issues. We also are an organization that is providing policy submissions to the government on issues like legislation on immigration, integration, anti-trafficking, and we also provide projects that are aiming at, at uh, supporting integration in Ireland. So on a day-to-day basis, uh, your particular role or your job, would you see a lot of people coming in and having problems with racism or hate speech. So one of the services that we are offering for people is referral and support service for victims of racism. So anyone who happened to become victim of racism or anyone that is a witness to racist incident get in touch with us by ringing a, a number or writing an email to us and we get back to that person and we'll try to support that people through that difficult moments and offer them a little bit of advice how to address that issues. That service uh, is in operation since 2011 and every year we were noticing an increase in racist incidents in Ireland so on average we are supporting around 200 people a year. So you're seeing an increase, you're not actually seeing anything get better even with legislation or... Yeah, absolutely. Um, and anyone that is um, collecting data on racism in Ireland, might, that might be Inner Ireland, uh, that might be Pavi Point, that might be uh, NASC in Cork that is working on a local level. Mm. Everyone is reporting an increase in racist incidents every single year. And as it happens, um, last year was the first year that in Ireland the The, the poll system, the system that is uh, used by the uh, Gardaí to record um, crimes in Ireland. That system, recording racism, was made possible. Um, so last year was the first year that a racism could be recorded on the poll system. Uh, we don't have the numbers uh, yet, but mm. we know that since that's possible, um, you know, you know, we're expecting that the numbers will be high as well. 
Yes. And then with regards to new legislation that is coming in, I mean, there's the uh, new migrant integration strategy blueprint for the future, and that was launched there last year. Mm-hmm. Have you had input into that? Yeah. Well, uh, migrant integration strategy, that is just a guidelines yes. to the government um, how to enhance integration in Ireland. And mm. that doesn't put any obligation on anyone to do anything. Mm. It is a goodwill of every governmental department to adopt it. It's only an advice to all governments, like all the departments. So, for example, the educational department or or the department of, of health. Um, none of them is obliged by that strategy to do anything. So, yes, we did have in, an input into that strategy. Uh, that was very lengthy process. The government announced that, I think, in 2013, that's, you know, far back. And uh, there was a period of time when anyone in Ireland, any individual, any organization could uh, submit a proposal, what they think should um, be included in that strategy, what are the needs of migrants, what are the needs of the whole society, how mm. to support uh, integration. So we did uh, submit our proposal um, and then um, after the strategy was drafted and it was launched last year, I think in February, um, I, w- I actually had the um, pr- privilege to be part of that launching uh, event um, and, and give a speech about the importance of that strategy. Hmm. to migrants in Ireland. And uh, our organization now is a member of the steering committee. And the role of the steering committee is to make sure that the that the elements that are included in the strategy are implemented in a way that it actually enhances um, uh, and supports um, integration um, to make sure that we achieve a cohesive society. Our former Minister for Justice, Frances Fitzgerald, had actually said on the launching of, mm. of that strategy, she th- said that Irish society faced considerable risks if integration was not supported by government and um, by communities mm-hmm. and individuals. Yeah. Basically, full integration would ensure health and well-being of these new Irish people, mm-hmm. so to speak. But really, we need equality rather than trying to make them like natives, I yeah. suppose, and mm-hmm. bringing them in mm-hmm. and that they have to go by our ways. We really need to, more integration and understanding. Mm-hmm. How is that going to be achieved, yeah. do you think? Absolutely. Um, integration is a very broad term mm. and it includes anything. It can be from access to health service and mm. being able to um, access a service that is appropriate to your um, needs. So, for example, um, if, you, if you happen to be um, of a particular faith and um, you need to access a service that is provided by a female doctor uh, because of your particular faith, um, uh, as a female, you need to access a service by a female doctor mm. that should be uh, provided for. Mm. Uh, um, integration could also uh, include issues of education, housing, uh, access to employment, recognition of qualification, like you name it, anything to do with um, being able to live the life that you value, uh, to being able to achieve your full potential. Um, that is part of integration. But integration, the, you know, it's different than assimilation. Integration mm. is is a two-way process. So both communities, the host community and the newcoming community, they have to make space for each other. They have to make compromises and they have to 
learn how to embrace each other and how to cherish each other's values um, within the framework of human rights because we can't, can't forget about that that mm. um, not every um, habit or value of a particular community is something that we can accept uh, yeah. as long we can accept anything that as long as it is within the framework of human rights and that is universal and that is not up for discussion but you you're right that um expecting people who are new to the country to just become the same as irish um you know that's not really fair on anyone because mm. um first of all there's nothing wrong with being Different, nothing wrong with um, having your own habits, um, uh, family um, celebrations that might mm. not be exactly the same as, as Irish. And if we provide opportunities for people to learn from each other, I'm sure that Irish people will find fascinating to learn something new mm, from, yes. from, from migrants and even participate in those events and, you know, from food and music to actually the way how um, family uh, relationships are being conducted. Mm. Um, you know, the same for migrants, they can learn something from Irish people. Mm. So that's what integration is. It's about learning from each other, allowing each other to be who we wish to be be and accepting that this is the new Ireland, this is the new world, uh, this is the new way of living the life and it only makes you know the, the li our lives better. So. Yes, we should be enriching each other. You take something from us yeah. and we take something yeah, from you yeah. and we, we, we become better yeah, then. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I want to mention here that uh, people sometimes don't realise how fluid culture is in general. Mm. So if you look at Irish people now in 2018 and if you look at Irish people 100 years ago in 1918, mm. You can see how far we came, how much yes. society and yeah. the culture changed uh, without any influence from migrants. So the culture is fluid. Culture always changed. The values that we valued 100 years ago are not exactly the same values that we are valuing now. Mm. Um, we are stepping forward. We're moving forward. We're bringing new values into our lives. For example, the marriage equality that would not be able to be even thinking about in 1918 no, but now now nobody even is even is challenging this like now everyone is thinking that you know this is just just normal this is just just part of our society our values that mm. we allow full equality to for anyone to marry who they love mm. um, and that is part of ethnic and cultural diversity that mm. if we allow ourselves uh, you know, if we open ourselves to new elements, then we can realize a few years down the line that, um, well, you know what, our lives are better. And this is exactly what it's supposed to be. Yes, yes, definitely. Now, um, back in October, you co-hosted a two-day training conference. Mm -hmm. um, and this was with international experts who came over and it was with regards to democratic yes. institutions and human rights. Yes. So how did that go and uh, what, effects, yes. what effects do you yeah. think that will have? Um, that particular training was um, aimed at local authorities. Uh, we have national integration strategy, which is brilliant uh, to have one uh, that is providing guidelines to the government and all the departments in terms of provi uh, in terms of drafting policies and practices on a national level. 
but integration happens on a local level because you know integration happens um, in places where you live where you go to work where you go to school where your family lives where you uh, socialize and interact with other people and that needs to be also supported somehow we need we need um, strategy on local level as well mm. so but the purpose of of that training was for local authorities to get more information practical solutions on how to draft their own local integration strategies and we mm. are continuing this work right now we'll be working with Blanchestown not Bl- uh, Fingal County Council to draft a local integration strategy and we are hoping that in you know after we finish that work we can work with other local authorities in su- supporting them in this process so it's basically scaling down the national integration strategy into the local uh, context because bringing it into the exactly, the community exactly it's and, fantastic yeah. and each community is different because it it all depends what kind of cohort of migrants do you have yes. if if these are eu migrants they might have different needs if these are refugees they have different needs so it is tailored to a particular um context of a yeah. local communities um depending on what kind of services they have already what information they have already Mm. so it is a lengthy process but i think it's worthwhile for everyone to consider um having um um, integration strategy in ireland we will be actually launching a report soon enough on that issue because we um we've done an evaluation of current situation on that issue so we will be giving information on how many currently how many local integration strategies we have how effective they were whether there was any evaluation of those strategies and what are the next steps that we could take to make sure that you know this will be uh, across the board brilliant that's fantastic yeah. um, and what do you think of the new um, strategy that's come through the education strategy we had Richard Bruton on recently talking about the um, languages yes trying to bring that into schools and yeah. um, yeah. what do you think of, yeah. of that we uh, we launched actually um, very interesting research back in uh, late November, early December, it was about language and migration. Yeah. So this research was uh, done by a university uh, in Galway, uh, by the Department of Languages in Galway, and it was researching language needs of migrants. Um, and definitely the issue of um, bilingualism uh, of children or the richness of, of languages at school was um, discussed in this report. Mm-hmm. Um, this is absolutely a great resource to have multi multi languages in school because this is a natural process of people to, for people to learn languages. Mm. This you know people are playing out on a play yard a play, playground with with, with with friends and they are speaking their own national languages and this is how other children are picking up mm. uh, words and phrases and this is you know how uh, it helps them to practice language uh, yeah. and in being able to speak multi languages it's amazing advantage for anyone an amazing way of learning how to look at world in different ways because language describes the world and different languages have different way of describing the world and certain words uh, you, in different languages you know that you can't really translate them you only have to feel them in a way yes. that um, to understand what they mean so if you have more words if you know them more if you can feel 
the, the, them you know in different languages then you can understand world, world the, the whole world in different way and in a better way and and you can understand the the people exactly be- you, it's exactly. a better understanding of the people themselves absolutely. through their language absolutely so so support so, so that's very much welcomed okay. um support um to support children in learning languages uh, but also to be to support children in sustaining their own national languages, the language of their parents and grandparents. Um, and it, this is crucial. My brother, who lives in London, and he has two daughters, and he put a lot of effort to make sure that the daughters speak fluent Polish, uh, because uh, we st- still have family back in Poland, so yes. they have to be able to communicate with their grandparents, with their aunts, cousins. Mm. Um, um, so, so, and and that is uh, important. But they're um, still learning the English, and they can I mean, integrate. In exactly. That way. I mean, for children, it's actually pretty easy to learn language. They 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 like sponges. Definitely. They just yes. they just soak it in. And um, for children, they are exposed to English language everywhere, from school to television to to you know to the street so uh, in the case of uh, you know speaking from my own family experience my two nieces they actually prefer speaking english right now uh, mm. they one is 12 the other is eight uh, because they're so exposed to English, so that becomes their first language. So Polish mm. is actually their second language. So yeah. it in, it involves a lot of effort on my brother and his wife to make sure that they speak Polish as much as possible, so mm. they will not lose that language. Yes, I mean it, it would have been lovely if even with Ireland, especially, um, not a lot of people speak. Gaelga, you yeah. know the the Irish, yeah. and it, it would be lovely if yeah. we were able to come out. Yeah. We come out after our leaving cert. We we, yeah. we have Kupla yeah. Fuckle. We have so so little Irish. Yeah. It would be lovely if we yeah. had that as but our first I, language. I think that a lot of migrant children actually are pretty good in in, in, in Irish. Irish. I know it's amazing. Yeah, I think yeah. that every year uh, at least one or two are getting some awards for being one of the yes. best speakers of Irish. Yeah. It's amazing, so it's, isn't it? It's is amazing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. I suppose because they have been having to learn another language, it comes easier to them. It, it does, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So once you learn, once you know more than one language, then getting to learn another one, it's, yes. it's much easier. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. You'd be all able to speak Irish better than the <laughs> Irish themselves. Yeah. Now, um, with regards to ghettoization and trying to integrate people in that way that ghettos are, aren't set up, um, I suppose in one way, they're needed because people like want to stay t- like with like and they come over, yeah. um, especially asylum seekers yes. and refugees. Yes. They come over en masse and they, they need to be with their families and communities and that can be yeah. set up. But how do we stop that then being isolated, mm-hmm. um, you know, way out there, away from everything? How do we uh, try to integrate the, yeah. these, these small little yeah. ghettos? I mean, I think for everyone who, whoever, anyone who had an experience of um, migration, and I, you know, and Irish people had that experience for many years, and nearly anyone in Ireland either knows somebody who migrated or they went for a couple of years to Australia, to Canada, to US, and they came back here. They all know that in the first period of your migration experience, you're just looking for people like you because you just, it's a new, um, area, it's new circumstances and, and you just need a bit of help you just need to feel more uh, secure and and uh, being able to 
be part of your community is part of that uh, feeling uh, of security. Uh, but then once you put your feet down and you feel more secure, then, then you're ready to go and, and you don't really need that um, anymore. And you're happy to explore new possibilities. You're happy to meet new people and making new new life for yourself. So um, it is natural for people to stick together. Um, but what is problematic is that when you are being put in situation by policies and practices that are currently in Ireland that stop you from moving further. So, for example, for um, resettled uh, refugees in Ireland, they have very little to say where they're going to live. Um, and as we know that most of those reception centres are in very secluded spaces, places uh, that are far away from local communities, the people end up living in those um, reception centres for a couple of years. Are you and organisations like yours, mm. are, are they putting this forward to try to implement change? We do certainly um, have position on that, that everything that is in, in, in relation to migrants and refugees should be taught in a way that it's not a short-term solution. We have to think about about um, solutions, um, about the results of that, long-term results of that. Mm. So um, Irish government um, made a great decision, um, you know, um, to bring more people than they they were assigned by the European Union, and that should be definitely. Uh, um, being prized by the society, um, mm. uh, uh, but when bringing people, you know, it, need, it, it involves planning and not only short-term planning to finding an accommodation uh, and, and putting people. There. We have to think what will be the long-term solutions, uh, results of that. Mm. Um, so definitely, our advice would not would be that. Um, in finding accommodation, you should take under consideration, the government should take under consideration all these elements. When they are looking for accommodation, they are looking into uh, whether that uh, accommodation will provide people access to health services and primary education. But other elements like access to employment and opportunities for interaction with local communities are mm -hmm. crucial. Because um, as everyone else, we are relying on our um, social networks. People, you know, people, I'm sure everyone uh, can agree with me here that if you're looking for a job, you just ringing your friends around, you're putting the word out that I'm looking for a job. If you hear about something, give me a shout. And migrants and refugees, they need those kind of uh, networks themselves. That's how we all finding employment. That's how we all looking for it. So, you know, we're putting a word, we're trying uh, to uh, ask uh, friends for help. So if your friends are only people from your community without any support from um, yes. members of local network... That's where the isolation comes exactly. in. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Well, going back to what we said about the campaigns that you run, um, you run an annual campaign which is the biggest anti-racism um, campaign in Ireland and you've been running it since 2013, I believe. Yes. So what does this involve? The campaign with transport providers, the annual campaign, um, is an awareness raising campaign. So we partner with transport companies to spread the message that racism is not acceptable in public situations in public transport, but also in the society. Mm. Uh, we started this campaign with transport providers because 
they experience um, a lot of um, situation where the staff who happen to uh, come from different parts of the world experiences racist um, attacks and harassment while working on a daily basis. And first we were trying to do something about that just in the environment of transport uh, services. So our first year was only focusing on that issue. We were just trying to spread the message that transport, um, public transport is for people to feel safe when they are making journey from one point to another. Um, people, when using public transport, are finding themselves in a confined space with other uh, with other fellow passengers, and everyone has the right to feel safe when they are making the journey from point A to point B. Mm. And that's also for the employers, employees of transport companies. When they are conducting their duties, daily duties, yes. they have the right to feel safe, and they have the right to work in a safe environment without the threat to f um, of violence or harassment. But then... Um, People are using transport to get to work, to get to um, schools, to get to leisure places, so they can bring that message that they are exposed to while traveling to those places that they're going to. So mm. this has much bigger, um, much bigger reach than only to transport. This is this is this is about the whole Irish society, mm. and um, so this campaign is the biggest in Europe uh, of that kind. We have a reach of around one million people during the the, the two year, two weeks period when we are. Um, um, holding the posters uh, on transport vehicles and in public spaces. Mm. But um, the campaign is sort of um, the visible element of this campaign is just those two weeks, but uh, we are providing support to victims of racism all year round. So, yes. so we also are providing information for people. On the, uh, during that campaign, we're providing information for people how to reach for help if they need it. I find it difficult to think that, um, especially with the Irish, you know, we migrated to so many countries and yes, we probably had that isolation or we were given the menial jobs. But having those experiences, you would think that their mindset would change and they would treat others that bit better. Yeah, yeah. The sad story is that people very often very easily forget about their own experiences or the experience they the um, collective memory and history mm. of their own nation. And we can see that from all perspectives. Like myself as a Polish woman, I am deeply embarrassed by the situation of, you know, ha that's happening in Poland right now in relation yes. to refugees. Um, this is this is great shame. Um, mm. As a nation that is uh, migrating in great numbers right now, mm. to have that attitude, to have that racist attitude to other migrants and, and mm. refugees, most, yes. most, most important, that's a great shame, mm. um, and it's it's part of my also activism uh, to make sure that we can shift that narratives in Poland as well. Yeah. Um, so and the same happens for Irish people. Like um, some people just forget about the experience that Irish people had when they were emigrating. Mm. The n no um, no dogs, no blacks, no Irish. Yes, we can't forget about that. Yes. Um, this is just. Um, that should be still a living part of, of the collective memory in Ireland. And mm. just remember about the situation when you was made feeling less worthy than other person. Just remember about the situation mm. and then just 
put it to other experiences of other people like they feel exactly the same as you felt exactly in that but that's what we need yeah, to compassion have. there needs to be uh, that people look at people as the same exactly yeah. that we may have differences but we're all the same yeah. like on your campaign for the anti-racism yes all the different colored jelly babies i think yeah. that's brilliant yes you know but they're all the same exactly um, and that's what we need to do yeah really think before you speak absolutely we do have the universal human rights of spe- freedom of speech mm. and that should be you know that should be remembered as an important uh, value but we have to also remember that with freedom of speech comes responsibility exactly and yes. there is a responsibility with the words that you are saying mm. and we also have to remember that another human right is to live your life free of degrading treatment mm. and uh, discrimination and what sometimes can be the medium the tool to degrade another person yes yeah, definitely well it's been just fantastic speaking to you today Teresa and um, thank you so much for coming in so it's the end of this edition of Respect Words and the RFM's 20 part series on the topic of hate speech so please tune in again next week when we'll be discussing online hate speech and cyberbullying until then from me Adrienne Murphy it's goodbye take care and thanks for listening Respect Sevome. Respeto. Spostuimo. Respect words. Ithiki dimosiografia ya tin adimetopisi tis ritorikis tu misus. Etichno novinarstvo proti sovrajnemu govoru. Il potere delle parole. Respect for Worten. Respect for Menschen gegen Hassreden. Atisztelet hangján szólunk. Riportok, interjúk, tudósítások a gyűlöletbeszéd ellen. Mi becsüljük a másikat. Respect. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio. Más o oco. Erisorok de etico y cuena kainta fuha. Ethical journalism against hate speech. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Supported by the Rights, Equality and Citizenship Programme of the European Union.